0: Hello, and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast, where the discussion is always on samurai swords, bare-naked titties, bare-naked asses, people getting stabbed in the throat with shears from the garden. Penises. Penises. Always, always penises. Always penises. Remember the penises. Remember the penises. It's my favorite sports movie. Oh
1: yeah, love it. Denzel?
0: Denzel Washington. Mm. Mm. My name is Ryan Snyder, one of your hosts, with me as always is my faithful co-host,
1: Hello everyone. It is me, Gabriel Mara, writer, comedian sometimes, bartender sometimes, podcaster most of the time. Most of the time. How are you, Ryan?
0: I'm doing good, Gabriel. How are you?
1: I'm good. We are sitting very close together.
0: I know. I, like I can it.
1: I can count the hairs of your mustache.
0: I can smell your musk.
1: Oh, thanks, man. It's a uh, it's, it's Calvin Klein Eternity Summer. Eternity. Eternity Summer.
0: So, yes. This week we have a guest, a gentleman who we've been aching to get on the show for yes. quite some time
1: he's been here for a my Grody valentine already so that was very exciting for us
0: so today we have mr jason overdorf
1: hi jay hello
0: How, yeah,
2: you, that was a hell of an intro guys mm-hmm. thank I you i gotta say yeah and episodes, um, we got it uh uh <laughs> just to you know uh clarify for the listeners um the reason why you were sitting closer together is because i mean Little you know very close. yeah well it is a love seat Oh yeah, wow.
1: I feel like you just threw a giant like penis doll on yeah. the, right here with us.
2: Oh yeah, that's um, that's Madison's. That's my uh, my oh, housemates.
1: Excellent, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a stuffed penis on the couch.
2: The new the new lady that rents my basement from me uh brought a uh giant stuffed penis, uh which uh sits happily in the middle of my couch.
1: We should all have one. It's just important.
2: Yeah, it's true. I, it, it, it smells weird.
1: <laughs>
2: no hairs though. Yeah. I I cuddled with it the one night and it, I thought it smelled weird. It smells yeah. used. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, like, tempted. When someone says this smells weird, I'm like, I want to smell it now. Yeah, it's Prove the smell it. test. It's a smell
2: test. Well, yeah, did you ever see that, that bit about... Uh, I, I forget what comic did it. He uh, Foxworthy. Really. Was it with the Roll whole, like, the if windows. you somebody gets something smelly on their finger, like, if they accidentally get, like, dog shit on yeah. their hand, they're always go. like, smell this. oh, my God, I think this is shit. Smell this. And, like, <laughs> you, you you know that you don't want to, but, like, they it? stick it's their fingers out, out. and they sniff. And they, sniff yeah, the and then book. they got it. You got to just... You know, you got to give it a little whiff, even though you know that you're not going to be happy with it.
1: It's just part of being human, guys. I think, not, that's, not I, I think
0: that's more of a dude thing. I don't, I don't actually probably yeah. yeah
1: makes sense. Jay, as our returning old well, guest for the first time on the regular show, second time on the podcast in general, introduce yourself to anyone who might not know you. Uh,
2: I am a independent filmmaker, uh, director, uh, screenwriter, and producer for Maximum Overdoor Films. You can check out some of my uh, short films, which I, you know, call my student films on uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, The channel is called Maximum Overdoor Films. Uh, Formerly of Jay and Brian's Excellent Video Store, Uh, I'm working on something. I have uh, plenty of product for the masses, so I'll uh, I'll get something cooking again. And uh, former shock host for Colt Saturday uh, Horror Screenings at the Steel Stacks. And now just some dude who likes horror movies, you know? It's a hell of a resume. That's yeah. all we ask for. You know, it's who I used to be. It's who I always will be.
1: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It all adds up. Now, your, your home is a glorious museum of all sorts of it, wonderful it artifacts. It um, I saw it last time. It gives me such an erection. Ryan is the one who I was like, oh shit, Ryan's going to love everything here. I think everything's pretty neat. Ryan's the one who's gonna have walk in of a big erection.
0: Yeah, I, I love like your home is what I want my home to get to eventually, uh, but unfortunately, my uh, my wife is like, no, we need to have welcoming things like flowers and pretty things in the house, and then <laughs> I'm relegated to my joke is that I'm uh, I'm like the husband in Juno where all my mm-hmm. shit is in one room, my guitars and comics and movies. All your Sonic Youth T-shirts. Yeah, that that happened to my
2: um, uh, former video store business partner Brian. Uh, uh, and actually it, what led to him being a contributing half of the store was he, he's ran comic book shops f- for 20, 20 something years. So he's accumulated some, some shit,
0: some all the good <laughs> stuff.
2: And, uh, I remember the first, like I worked on a film with him and the first time I went to his house after a shoot, um, I walk in and I'm like. you almost, you almost have as much stuff as I do. Yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, in, in movie wise, I think at the time, uh, personal collection, I probably had like over 2000 DVDs. This was like before Blu-ray, the the Blu-ray format. And, um, uh, uh, he had, he had an impressive collection too. And I joked, I was like, let's open a video store. And then eventually we, we did. Mm -hmm. Um, but what what pushed him was one day his wife kind of started storming around the house going, this has got to go, and this has got to go, and this has got to go, and he kind of got all stuffed into one room, too. Yeah. And he's he's just all the like, he's, he's just like, I can't have this. He's like, you know, so I'm just going to, you know.
1: Let's, I, I'm let's...
0: noticing my wife won't even go into that room. No? Oh, no. Like, I, like I tested my theory the other night because, like, I had, like, some food out, and, like, I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave this bowl of chips out I'll get it in the morning and normally she'll like wake up early and go through the house and like oh you're an asshole dump in the garbage and put in the dishwasher it sat there for like two days and I was like yeah she never comes in here I was like ah, oh well
2: yeah I had um I think I feel like it was my grandma I was uh showing her pictures of the work that I've done on the house and uh she's like well it looks great but like what are you gonna do with all that stuff when you get married (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you know, your, you know, your wife, blah, blah, blah. But I said, I said, well, I said, why would I want to marry somebody that doesn't want my stuff hanging on the walls?
1: She better have a collection to rival mine, grandma. Yeah.
2: yeah, She better have her own shit.
1: She better walk in, see my stuff and drop trash. She
2: better have her own shit and be like, you know, oh, that, uh, that nightbreed poster is cool. But like. This, like, original photograph of like a cannibal chewing somebody's face off uh, would look okay. way better there. And I'd be like, this is why we're getting married.
1: Yeah. yeah. You no, know? There's, there's like a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> I have mixed company come over. So it's just like, uh, yeah, sure. I guess we'll put a coffee table and a a book about letters from Iwo Jima. See, like, so that's what I, I, want to read.
2: I like, uh, I, I guess I, I, I feng shui my place ironically because I have all of this, uh, horrific and sexy
0: artwork and shit no, it's, everywhere. It's all, it's all tastefully done though. Like the, the rooms that you have that you've shown <laughs> but, us know, are like very handmade, well decorated. So
1: it's, it's crafted. It's <laughs> not just like, sh- like buckets of shit everywhere. And it's so, not like an FYE poster. Yeah, like, all the posters are been, framed. It's all, yeah. like, You're an adult. It,
0: it's cool. Like I've never seen that Kill Bill poster you have. Like I've never seen that. Neither
2: have I until I, I came across it at the yard sale.
0: And, and, I'm, I'm... and your, your custom ones from when you did um, Steel Stacks like your Warriors and uh Streets of Fire one like that's super cool and super sexy like why would you not put that
1: out yeah
2: total plug by the way the posters that Ryan is talking about uh were done by a really good friend of mine Chris Garofalo at Quiltface Studios uh he's a uh, alternative poster and print artist does top-notch work not just for me but his own stuff check him out he's he's everywhere he's got all kinds of shops online Instagrams and Facebooks and store Envy, i think is his main one i think that's like a handle store Envy. i did i did Word. find them uh, at qfs chris yeah okay see i was right qfs chris and that's yes. at that's an instagram it's yes, indeed yeah awesome also yeah,
1: call yeah. face
2: and and it wasn't brought up in in conversation with the three of us but uh some of the other uh, original artwork i have is also done by another good friend of mine named cody brown he uh has a a, a company called studio house designs and he does a whole lot more than just posters. He does shirts and pins, and he gets he gets into some weird shit. He does uh he does this really fascinating thing once a month. I think it's just phenomenal. It's called a Cult. You you he opens limited memberships up. Like I think this month it was like sixty six members, mm-hmm. and you pay forty four bucks and you get a shirt, a bunch of stickers, a bunch of pins, like beer koozies, a fucking nice. VHS tape. And it's not like shitty filler VHS tapes. It'll be like something quality, like that you want to watch as like a horror fan and tape collector, like oh, that's a awesome. copy of Hellraiser. So he nice. gets all packed all into these, like he calls it, joining the horror cult, and you get a box. And he just ships you this box, and you can be a member every month and get a box. We'll add it to
1: the plug yeah. list.
0: I'm probably going to be doing that. Ryan's already Yeah, yeah you, now. Uh, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. Stu- immediately. Studio
2: House Designs.
0: Studio yeah. House Designs. Okay. Done, yeah, I'm they done. did
2: um. Uh, uh, the same wall that the Kill Bill posters on in my office, uh, the True Romance one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, that's that was one of the first ones they ever did. That was actually one of the first posters ever done for one of our screenings back when we showed we showed True Romance shortly after we lost uh, Tony Scott and James Gandolfini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we we showed True Romance. Um. And uh. Uh. He did the Cannibal Holocaust one hanging in my bathroom.
0: Okay. Yeah. Awesome, um, cool one.
2: He's done. He's done a bunch of that. He did the like *Glow in the Dark*, *Lost Boys*, *One in My Bedroom*. And Cody's Cody's a talented dude. But Chris and Cody are both talented dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, um,
1: Jay, before, you have a question, Ryan?
0: Oh no, i just see if you wanted to rain it in oh, or go out. Raining
1: not quite necessary, but okay. let's get some more background on you, Jay, quick. That um you mentioned on your micro Valentine, that one you love Nightbreed. Two, you love uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Warriors. That was the what, yeah Dream, super Warrior, Dream one Warriors. Dream Warriors is
2: the uh is the probably the horror film that started it all. Yeah,
1: that excellent anecdote yeah. you have on there. But besides those, what were your most formative sex and violence films? And what's one non cult? What's a good outlier for you? A movie that you happen to really like that's not necessarily sex and violence.
2: Ooh. Do I like movies that aren't sex
1: and violence? <laughs>
2: I feel I feel like I do. I feel like I do.
1: Yeah, I saw a couple random ones in there that I'm like, oh, that's just a yeah. fun one to have on there.
2: Oh, what in in? Uh,
1: oh, in general, but my favorite movies though.
2: Um, no, I
1: I I, am uh, I'm, I'm open to
2: anything. I'm I'm a, at the end of the day, I'm just a film buff. But I am, right. but but uh, I'm a kindred spirit when it comes to horror. Uh, uh, uh today, for example, uh, uh, Lawrence had made the uh, my buddy Lawrence had made the comment. When I showed him a picture of the stack of movies that I bought today, I, uh, I literally went to Walmart for like toiletries and shit. And then I was just like, I'm in my car and I'm a mile away from Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. I have literally have a video store in my house and what's left of the former video store in my attic, which I continue pulling from there and adding to my own personal collection as time goes on uh, uh, to my little work in progress. So I went to Best Buy and I'm like, this is 10 bucks. How can I say no? This is 10 bucks. How can I say no? And I walked out with like this stack of Blu-rays not realizing how, uh, Lawrence made the comment that it was a very, uh, 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 uh mixed blend of, of genres and, 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 Oh, well, the cashier must have been confused because you walked up with that stack and they're I saw like
1: Baywatch was on your stack? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I saw them in theaters.
2: Yeah. Oh, so okay. Okay. I, I did not. Uh, it was uh,
1: actively, passably good.
2: Yeah. I I don't expect much from it. I, I don't yeah. uh
1: I laughed for real. I I, I
2: you know, and we had this conversation when we did my Grody Valentine about mm-hmm. how at the end of the day The the goal, and I think a lot of the times people forget about this when they sit down to watch a movie, because especially with social media, we've all become fucking film critics, Mm -hmm. and we literally, like, I I swear, I see people use words that they probably don't even know the definition of. They're Uh like, oh, that was abhorrent. (laughs) Do you even know what that means? Uh, uh, and they did. I swear, they just want to hear the sound of their own voice. Or everyone like everyone
0: wants to be a critic.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh but at the end of the day, they're probably sitting there, like going, "I think I really love this movie. Oh my god,
0: it was mm-hmm. so good." No, oh, I, when I, I first
1: saw you, you saw, we were talking about Solo, when I saw you, and I finally caught it. Fucking loved it. I did you see so. it? I did. I loved it. Was it not fun? I thought it was great. Yeah, like, actually, really. But good. see here,
2: the the what I was getting at is, is that at the end of the day, film was created to entertain you. Yes. You're supposed to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're gonna watch some movies that, like, you know, st- stimulate the fucking hell out of your brain. You're gonna watch some stuff like a Gaspar Noel film to turn sure. you on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 you're gonna watch things that are sexy and violent because, you know, again, it just gets your endorphins going in some way, shape, or form. You know, just you know, film is supposed to, you know, make your your fucking synapses go off in, in, in you know, different ways. But film was created to entertain you Mm -hmm. it was the visual answer to music you know uh uh sit down for an hour or two and be entertained so sometimes that's all that it's supposed to be so i think you know sometimes that's yeah sometimes i just want to shut my brain off i don't want to think you know and I just want to laugh or I just want to be entertained, or I, I, I want to feel like what I said about solo. Like I, I, that movie like was exhilarating. I, I yeah. it gave me a rush. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I felt like all, you know, all charged up and all amped up like after I watched it. And the last time I had felt like that was when I watched Mad Max Fury Road in the theater. Like mm-hmm. I literally felt like I was chugging gasoline and I was ready yeah. to fucking do 90 Spray miles an hour out of the fucking theater, you know, just on foot, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, so, so I bought this stack of movies at Best Buy and, you know, there, there were the obvious choices, uh, uh, Scream Factory's release of Firestarter, Stephen King's Firestarter nice. with, with, uh, little Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. um, uh, Scream Factory's release of Slither. Nice. Uh, um, uh, what else I get? I got, a Death Wish sequel trilogy, two, three, and four, Charles Bronson's two, three, and 4 mm-hmm. And a Blu-ray three-pack for fucking ten bucks. I mean, like, that's the can't deal. pass that up, right? And uh, uh, um, I got Empire Records on Blu-ray.
1: Nice. nice. Um, I saw that on your Facebook.
2: Yeah, and then they just released a 40th Anniversary, f- which I didn't realize the film was this old now. Uh, and I think it's the first of all of their films to be released on Blu-ray. Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. Oh, word. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: See it right there. Oh, that's your DVD, though.
2: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I peeled it. I peeled it out of the uh, oh. out of the stack. Now that yeah, there's I there's just
1: there's a stack of DVDs in front of us right now.
2: That's stuff that I'm processing, deciding if I'm gonna keep or sell. Mm. You yeah. know, yeah,
0: that this actually leads me to like one more uh, question that uh, I want to ask you. How how do you feel about like the the turn to having our like movie collections digital versus what you and i both have is like a very big physical collection
1: i don't collect like hard copies of movies anymore I i don't
0: i've been doing it since i was like 15 and like i have those questions all the time of like why do you waste the space in your home to have them and display them so what's your feel why do you collect
2: okay uh Nothing wrong with 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 the you know digital download. I mean, as long as you're paying for it in some way, you're paying for your net your streaming service in some way, whatever. You know, you're you're buying a digital code, whatever. I mean, you're still supporting the movie industry. That's fine. Um, you know, I myself am am a fan of the Netflix's original programs. I, I have Netflix. I will watch Stranger Things. I will watch Orange Is the New Black. Of mm-hmm. of uh, 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 what's um just started uh, altered carbon, a mo- more recent one. Yeah, they, they have, Netflix has phenomenal original programming they're not just offering you like movies that everybody's seen hundred yeah, here times you can probably. watch
0: kingpin again yeah like yeah yeah <laughs> they're kingpin. not
2: they're offering you something like their, their service gives you something you know that's great like hulu's doing the same thing they got that new stephen king show coming out castle oh, yeah can't wait for that um uh you know that's fine uh uh pirating no don't support that in any kind of a way mm-hmm. um uh you know, not, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. A couple people out like horror cons and stuff that bootleg, like, really weird, rare now, print shit that you can't find anywhere else. I miss buying bootlegs.
0: You know, because it's only going to increase interest in that yeah. small niche uh, genre. Uh, but I as far as collecting bootlegs. is concerned,
2: uh, it's not... I, I actually saw this fucking thing on social media once where, like, uh, uh, somebody was giving dating advice and saying you should ditch a guy that has... DVDs in his house or like cds in his car because Rude. they're a dinosaur and can't let go of the past blah 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 no it has nothing to do with that it has nothing to do with being a creature habit it has nothing to do with all the money that i put into it so far there's something I, I can't and i can't do it uh, uh 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 you know for people who are just listening i always draw this picture right so like i say the read this is the reason why i collect and this is the reason why i still buy physical physical copies of shit so what I'll do is I'll draw, I'll draw like a little blueprint of like a living room, right? You know, and I'll be like, okay, so this rectangles the couch and this, this little smaller rectangles the coffee table and then this square is the TV and then this little itty, itty bitty, itty bitty square uh, uh, next to the TV is like your fire stick or your, your, your fucking, uh, uh, your hard drive your hard drive, whatever. And I'm like, so look at this picture, right? And then I draw the same picture except the little itty bitty thing next to the TV's missing. And all of these other squares represent artwork. And this circle represents a statue. And, and and then this new square and all these lines in it represent a collection. And I'm like, so this is the one on the left. This is your contemporary movie watchers living room. And then this is the one on the right. Me, Ryan, which one looks more exciting? <laughs> you know, which one's more fun to look at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which which one has personality?
0: That's a good you point. Know, That's the personality. You of it.
2: walk into the first the first <laughs> blueprint that I drew. You walk into that person's living room. You're like, yeah, so, "So we're gonna watch a movie. That's cool." You walk into the other person's the the other blueprint, the other person's living room, my living room, Ryan's living room, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna watch a movie." Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: You can almost yeah, judge a, someone's personality based yeah, on like what's on mm-hmm. display. It's
2: it's, it's boring. You know, I, I just, it's dull. I don't, yeah, I want to, I want to go to your house and I want you to show me your shit. Yeah. You know, that's the point, mm-hmm. you know, like, come look at my shit. Yeah. You know, like, we're kids, we have a toy chest and we're like, look at my toy, look at my toy. And now we're adults and you'd be like, look at all my shit. Yeah, look <laughs> at
0: what I got. Look at my limited edition poster you're like, God damn it, I yeah. wish I was there.
2: Look, it glows in the dark.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're doing. Like, yo guys, check this out. This one glows in the dark.
2: So, you know, essentially we're still kids, we're just taller.
0: Yeah, I, that's a good I, point. I feel
1: like this needs to be a podcast of just you 2 just called Come Look At My Shit. And then yeah. Just, I found this thing. Yeah. Come yeah. Look At My Shit. Well, we got to
2: start doing that live, the like video. We yeah, got to do a video YouTube, of that. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. just like yeah. Come Back Look At My forth. Shit. I, like, I'll produce that shit. It's All right, right done. We're, Great. We got another We're show. Oh, it. yeah. So let's move on to the meat of the matter. We did a movie.
0: We did do a movie.
1: And it was your choice, Jay. So uh, what was it? Then we'll pause for trailer like we always do.
2: It was The Burning... Yeah, a film from nineteen eighty I think it was eighty one. Eighty one. It was a year after the original Friday the thirteenth, right? It was Friday the thirteenth, nineteen eighty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, The Burning. Uh it was, um Don't judge me, listeners. Uh it was uh one of the first films ever produced by the Weinstein brothers. Uh written by Bob Weinstein.
1: And Peter uh, Lawrence, apparently.
2: Yeah, and, and, and we're not gonna we're not gonna mention the other one's name. We're not gonna dwell on that at all. You know, yeah. Um I, uh, uh, just for clarity's sake, the, the, the credited director is who? Tony Malum. Okay. Yeah. So Tony Malum is the credited director, but drop some, uh, obscure knowledge on you folks. Uh, 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 just like the mentioned Friday, the original Friday the 13th from 1980, uh, the person did the special effects in the burning was none other than special effects guru, Tom Savini. Legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. VK legend. Sex machine. Yeah. Sex, sex machine. machine. Uh, uh, I actually uh, was considering um, introducing myself when you said, you know, what do you do? I was going to f- to finish it with Sex Machine. You should
1: have. Yeah. If you own I was those pants, it out, you I know, would like, be not surprised. Yeah. Like, you must own those pants. Also, trailer!
0: This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't worry. If you're looking forward to Midnight Swim's... Some matches. us are hard fire. Don't be wrong. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story
1: anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunkroom door, with just a mass of flames. Burned
0: alive, dried out. I will return. I will have my
1: revenge. On whatever he can catch right now. He's out there, watching, waiting.
0: Who's there? What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again and again and again. The
1: burning. Great trailer. <laughs>
0: ah, good trailer.
1: Great, great trailer. Good beer. Sorry, continue your thought.
2: Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, uh, more more importantly, Tom Savini um, uh, ended up directing the film, even though he's not credited. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Oh. oh.
2: So uh, about two-thirds of the film was in the can, and uh, the director just kind of like lost his love for it, from what I understand, mm-hmm. or or had some sort of disagreement with people where he was fired and tom savini actually finished the film that's amazing
0: wow okay yeah. so it just in, uncredited yeah, on it. yeah
2: so in a way it actually was tom savini's directorial debut he just never never credited for it
1: that All guy's right. the man oh that dude yeah
2: and uh, uh the uh feature film uh debut of uh jason alexander
1: yeah and he's great in it yeah, this Dave. Uh, the
2: one and only time anybody will probably see him on screen with
1: hair. Full. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. threw me off. He I was has, like, he has hey, hair, and Dunstan yeah. checks in, and, and Pretty
2: he, Woman. And he literally is still George Costanza. Like yeah. he, he is but. still him. He's still his sense of humor, his delivery.
0: I would love to see that that whole thing retcon. Yeah, actually, these are his teenage but, years.
2: But you know, and and I, I can't say that I've I've seen uh, 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 Jason Alexander's entire works, but. You know, from from what I recall, the one and only time where he kind of plays an everyman, like he yeah, he's a plays... lovable,
1: like like comic relief, yet yeah, everyman.
2: Yeah, like yeah, like like he's not the dork. He's not the black sheep of the of like the cast. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's standing
1: you know? up for Arthur. Yeah,
0: he's standing up to the tough guy too. To
2: Glazer, yeah,
1: fucking Glazer.
2: Yeah, Ho- uh, Holly Hunter's feature film debut. Yep, even you, though you if free you blame, if right you on her face, face. she will she will miss her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will miss her if you blink. I love Holly um, and uh, much. and Fisher Stevens who who I think uh, is an underrated name in the in the world of film and TV uh, for those of you who don't know uh, Fisher Stevens by name he was the villain in hackers
1: oh wonderful yeah. and he's also in short circuit
2: he yeah he he's uh, I, I forget the character's name but he's yeah. the He's the Indian guy.
1: Oh, that's right. That's how I know again. fucking Fisher Stevens. But like literally, he's the Indian.
2: Yeah, literally, that character was so popular in the eighties, and nobody knew that it was like a white guy. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh,
0: fuck, oh that dude's God. a white
2: guy." Like nobody knew that Fisher Stevens was like Johnny Five is alive. Like that yeah. is a white man. He is lanky as fuck in the Burning. He plays a character named
1: Woodstock. Yeah. Um. He's like an adorable guy with like a David Cassidy haircut. Yeah,
2: yeah, and a uh, couple other things that I that I saw him in. Where I got, like, super stoked because, you know, I mean, first and foremost, just like everybody else, I knew him as the guy from Short Circuit. Mm-hmm. And then Hackers, and then I was like, oh my god, it's the guy from Short Circuit and Hackers. He was in Californication for a season. Oh, word. Uh, he played, like, some some guy that, that, that Hank Moody was trying to get to produce a, a, a book into a film or whatever. Um, and just really eccentric and had, like, two Playboy bunnies, like, living with him. That Naturally. He, you know, it was Californication, yeah, after all. Yeah, I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I am unfortunately and fortunately in many ways too much like Hank Moody. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and uh, he did have a, 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 a couple episodes in Lost, Fisher Stevens. Yeah,
1: I'm a our huge, huge fan of Lost. Our Fisher Stevens. Um, Ryan or Jay, who wants to summarize... In brief, what is the burning about?
0: I'd like to give this to you because you have been a fan of it longer, and this is my first time watching it. So yeah, I, think, your you'll, first, I first think you're going one, to be able to give a more well. in-depth reading of. Well, what you know,
2: I, I, I find that with the burning a lot too, as as you know, as many people, you know, especially in the circle of people that we know and cater to, and the listeners of your show, and customers of mine, and people that have come to the screenings, you know, everybody loves an 80s slasher flick. And it's not like the burning is small fish. It's not. It's not a bad eighty slasher flick. It mm-hmm. just was an unknown eighty slasher flick.
0: It just got caught in the the, the uh, surge of this.
2: You know, and 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 you know, it, it could have easily been a my grody Valentine suggestion mm-hmm. where it's like one of those ones where whenever I meet somebody, like you've got to watch this movie if you've never seen it, and most of the time nobody's ever seen it. Um,
1: yeah, I had no idea what this movie was. Like the like one, the
2: burning. Aside from a VHS release, you know, when that format was prominent, uh, I think it was in the theater for like a weekend, and then like cinemas back then were like, "Yeah, um, this is like a ripoff of Friday the Thirteenth, which just came out last year. Like, get rid of it. Like, you know, this is it's 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 plagiarism. Don't want it. Yeah, right." Limited VHS, re- like limited home video release, uh, didn't do well because uh, because audiences were like, "This is a blatant ripoff of." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about a, a a person who you know. I mean, his his he has a weapon of choice, unlike Jason, who had an arsenal. Uh, uh, you know, his weapon of choice is pruning shears, um, but it was about a deformed slasher who killed campers. You know, in the eighties. With Tom Savini's name attached to it, I mean, there were way too many elements that linked it to Friday the 13th that, you know, people just didn't want to give it its chance. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the movie is so far removed from being anything like Friday the 13th other than those elements. But I don't actually, I didn't even hear of it until I think 2010 it had its first and only DVD released prior to the Stream Factory release a couple of years ago. Oh damn! It did not come out on DVD until like twenty ten. Wow. Yeah, and um, the cover of the DVD had the had the uh, uh, original uh, uh, poster art from the eighties. It's badass. Like two mm-hmm. two two campers about to kiss. There was a uh, uh, like like flames at the bottom of the poster. It looked like a heart, and then at the top, oh, yeah. coming out of the woods, was a fucking uh, 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 was 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 Cropsy the killer with a pair of fucking yeah, pruning shears. Ahead. Yeah, that poster's bad, fucking
1: ass. It's pretty great.
2: Yeah, and I saw that poster, and I'm like, "What is this beautiful thing? <laughs> like, I need to watch this movie." Mm-hmm. So I bought it on a whim, and I'm like, "Oh, it's from 1981. You know, it's a fucking camp, camp you know camp slasher, whatever. Like, it's got you know got to be worth a watch." and I was blown away. And then I went and did all the research and that's how I found out all the stuff about like it being like one of the first Weinstein movies and Tom Zabini basically ghost directed like part of the movie, etc. Um, and, uh, uh, so essentially the burning is, uh, about, uh,
1: yeah, listeners, for clarity's sake, it is the 4th of July weekend, so one, there's fireworks in the background, and two, Jay's adorable, wonderful dog, Tilly, is out and about doing stuff.
2: Is that her making that noise?
1: Yeah. I think so. Yeah, she's over there.
0: She's looking at the boxes. Huh.
2: Her you like falling a... in love with the comics? <laughs> um, Finally. Join us. So, join us. We've been waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Cropsy is uh, a groundskeeper at this camp and uh uh you know he's he could have very easily been recast in a remake of the burning today by like Clint Howard like yeah i thought yeah. it was Clint Howard yeah yeah like like that's like that just to give you guys a picture of this person so you know the 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 young boys at the camp you know they they pick on him and uh they play a prank on him and um Although I will say this, uh, uh, this this was this very much how to Friday the Thirteenth feel. The prank is they sneak into his little shed that he sleeps in, and they set a decomposing skull or head with candles in its eyes down next to him, and then like tap on the window until he wakes up, sees it, and screams. The head looks remarkably like Jason's mom's
0: head. Yeah, it looks like oh. Pamela Voorhees. Like, yeah, it really does. Like, yeah, like it... and and I I kind of forgot about two? that
2: until yeah I kind of forgot about that until I watched it. Now then again, I do believe that this hit production before Friday the Thirteenth Part From Two my did. Re-
0: my readings, it did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So just sheer coincidence on that one. Uh, so anyway, Cropsy wakes up, sees the uh, the flaming head, knocks it over, lights his shed on fire, lights him on fire. Um, the campers run. Uh, uh, leaving him to, to burn alive. Um, he survives cut to five years later. Uh, 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 he gets released from the burn unit after five years of extensive therapy that did not take, like the, the skin grafts did not take. He is now a horribly deformed man. Uh, uh, and they do this fantastic, uh, uh, POV effect where they actually, I, I, I found out how they did the effects. Like So like you see from the slasher POV from Cropsey's POV and like, the edges are kind of vignette, like they're, bl- they're blurred, mm-hmm. like you're looking out of the eyes of somebody whose like eyelids have been fused together. Uh-huh. They actually rub Vaseline on the outside of the oh, lens. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So it creates this fucking unique, Murky kind of thing, unique yeah. vignette look, yeah. Um So, so uh, uh, naturally, and I say naturally as if it actually has something to do with the story in any kind of a way, the first thing Crafty does <laughs> when he gets out of the hospital is kill a hooker.
1: Yeah, it was the 80s. Because
2: yeah. why not, you know? Um, uh, and it like, there's like this elusive thing to his weapon of choice. I mean, being as it is, he's a groundkeeper, he would probably, you know, did have a pair of pruning shears laying around hedge, hedge trimmers, whatever. Uh, but with the hooker, the first thing that he kills with is a pair of scissors is kind of like a smaller version of that, yeah. you know, neat, neat little elusive thing. Uh, so we, so now we go to camp and you know, uh, uh, I've spent, way too much time just talking about the intro of the movie, but the rest <laughs> of it becomes pretty brass tacks as far as a slasher film is concerned. You know, now now Cropsy goes to camp and starts killing campers. I mean, yeah. you know.
1: Horny teens. Uh, uh, yeah. Todd, the main guy. Um, Arthur, no, the last boy.
2: You know, and I mean, you would never read this in a plot synopsis for it, but one of the reasons why I like The Burning uh, uh, more... Than most of your, you know, eighties going to camp slasher movies, uh, is the same reason. And I think I brought this up when we were doing My Bloody Valentine. Uh, the is the same reason why I like Friday the Thirteenth Part Four out of the franchise. Yeah, we don't talk about more this. than anything. Is because the burning isn't just your. There's a deformed or mass slasher at a camp killing campers movie. Like that, those have a formula. You can't really fuck those up. But like at the end of the day. It's still a movie about campers. It's like meatballs mm-hmm. with with Jason Voorhees.
1: That's exactly why I love Sleepaway Camp more I about, than every I other to slasher say, I, film. I
0: found more like connective tissue between this and Sleepaway Camp than I did between this and Friday the 13th. Sure. Yeah.
2: And that's why Friday the 13th 4 for me stands out because every character, and just like every character in Friday the 13th 4 and every character in The Burning uh, and every character in Sleepaway Camp they have a story arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not just expendable characters. Like, yeah, most of their story arcs end with them getting, you know, getting the bad end of a, a, yeah. of a fucking, you know, gardening tool or something.
1: I'm actually sorry when someone dies in this movie. Like, even, yeah. even, even creepy, like, not even that creepy guy. The guy who was like, come on, we're going to have, oh, Eddie is it? We're going to have sex. Then he's really upset that he doesn't have sex. And then, you know, he, he's, he's still a real person. It still really yeah. works out.
2: Well, and that, and that's just it. Like every character in this, like you, you, you were attached, you feel you were attached to them. Mm-hmm. You, you believe them they're, they're, you know, a better part of the movie is just them and their, 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 camping antics,
1: mm-hmm. you know, there's like, we walked in when we we're recording your place, obviously we walk in and it's in the middle of like, like banjo boogie of them just canoeing. Totally yeah. innocent canoeing scene where I'm like, oh, there's Dave, and Glazer's behaving himself, and Todd's having fun. Yeah, there's,
0: there's a long time between that second kill, I believe it is, and the next time there's a kill. Like, there's a solid half hour between kills. Well, there's,
2: the, uh, yeah, there's. And it's all build up. Even between, the,
0: even between the first and the second, I mean, after he kills the hooker. I think that's what i'm yeah. going to is the yeah yeah second. I thought percent they percent
2: they percent. Uh, they allude to him killing that though like so so it goes from him killing the hooker to them playing softball at mm-hmm. the camp yep right and uh like you're, you're getting horses. the ball you're getting the ball game for like a little while and then the ball gets knocked into the woods and black they send the girl blocks. tiger
1: yes they
2: send the girl tiger to get it who looks like um uh uh jennifer gray she does kind of look like Jennifer Grey. I, that's not where my brain went. So this is uh-huh. this is gonna blow your mind. Um, I I I always thought she kind of looked like a uh, Fred Savage's brother on The Wonder Years. <laughs> it's yeah. both. yeah. Like she kind of looks like a little bit of Jennifer Grey and a mm-hmm. little bit of Fred Savage's brother on The Wonder oh. Years. Like I've never
1: the... wanted to have sex with him, but I mean, yeah. maybe now.
2: Yeah. Oh, completely and totally off topic. Did you ever see the the unreleased tales from the Crip movie called Ritual? No. Oh yeah. I know about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jennifer Grey's in it.
1: Awesome, love it. Post nose job,
2: post nose job. Ooh, no bra. Ooh.
1: <laughs> I love just Jennifer Grey so much.
2: Absolutely, she perfect.
1: Yeah, we're, we're, we're unabashed Dirty Dancing lovers here, so just yeah. Yeah.
2: so great. I uh, that's funny. I actually have a VHS tape of um. Uh, 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 Learning to dance dirty with Patrick Swayze.
1: Oh my <laughs> fucking awesome. god! Yeah, I own it on tape. And that is the uh, most exciting thing you've told I, me.
2: I also have a trade paperback book of the same subject matter that I found for a dollar at a at a yard sale, and was awesome. like, "Why wouldn't I buy this book for a dollar?" Yeah, that's treasure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and uh, uh oh, so so uh, yeah, before HBO lost the rights to uh, Tales from the Crypt. And they did uh, Demon Knight and Burdell Blood. They had filmed the third movie, and then the show ended, and then they lost the rights, and they couldn't release it as an HBO Tales from the Crypt film. So it, like, mm-hmm. got shelved for a while. And then over time, they got through some red tape and, like, were able to release it as HBO presents Tales from the Crypt, the Ritual. And um, for a while, it, it was, like, airing places, but without the Crypt Keeper intro, and then they redid it with the Crypt Keeper intro. Cool and uh, uh was like it's not guy. bad it's like it's like a a, a voodoo film mm-hmm. um and uh it's Jennifer Grey Craig Schafer, who plays Boone in a Night yeah Breed. yeah I love that guy uh Tim Curry
1: Oh, love that nice. guy yeah
2: like like
1: he's the only satan for me
2: yeah uh uh the only satan yeah the dark lord yeah love that guy yeah the dark lord in a sense.
1: Yeah. Oh, he just like. What reveling. is light
2: without dark?
1: Brian, have you seen Legend yet?
0: God, i have not.
2: Legend oh is, my God! Is, is so much. Too good. Ridley Scott.
1: No, I. Right. I, I In I, a world
2: where there was no fucking CGI, and you watch this movie, and you're like, "How the fuck did they make this with practical effects?" It's fucking yeah. no, beautiful.
1: All the uh-huh. like, yeah, it's just Emery as Satan. Eighty four. A lot of 84. It was two years after Blade Or is it eighty
2: seven? Eighty four? I would no. two years after No, It Blade was Runner it was like eighty. It, it inspired
1: Zelda. Like literally, Legend of Zelda is lightly based off of legend. Oh, it's a it
2: uh, 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 Mia Farrow from Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah. is yeah. the oh, princess. Gorgeous, oh, yeah. shit. It is literally your 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 uh, uh, atypical fantasy movie mm-hmm. like damsel in distress. Lives in a fairy tale world inhabited 85. by fucking eighty. Okay, I was close. I was like right, right in the middle. Yeah. Um, there's fucking unicorns and goblins. whatever. Yeah, all and the unicorn whatever.
1: footage in Blade Runner is B-roll <laughs> from Legend.
0: I remember talking about this. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so like, this princess doesn't really want to be a princess. She likes hanging out in the woods with all the creatures the and Tom Cruise, friends. who basically pay, plays like a fucking sprite. He's Link. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's basically Link. And, and, and I'm talking like Tom Cruise is so young, he has a fucking unibrow yeah, and an like elfin and adorable. like <laughs> one awesome. giant front tooth. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he does like fighter. fucking double front flips when he jumps out of the woods and shit. yeah. And um he like, you know, he lives in the woods, so like he's friends with all the animals and all the creatures and shit, mm-hmm. right? And you know, he caught the scent of this princess that's like slumming with the forest people. And, like, she wants to see unicorns, but unicorns are, like, fucking rare shit. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can only see him every great now and again. So he takes her to see the unicorns. And what does she do, just like every fucking trifling asshole? She touches the unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And when she touches the unicorn, shit starts going fucking wrong. Tim Curry shows up, and he's fucking basically the best incarnation of Satan on screen ever. He's
1: amazing. Really?
0: No,
2: he's yeah, he's like nine feet tall, cloven, hooved, and I think they said his horn span was like a legit seven foot.
1: Like.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Full and,
1: prosthetics. He just talks like, like he, I, I don't even know. Like, he's super
2: theatrical. He's but like. super
1: lush, and he talks I mean, like... Yeah. It's me, Tim Curry. Yeah. Imagine so Frankenfurger.
2: Are you not the most lonesome of my goblins?
0: Beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Frankenfurter. if he's like underneath a mountain of prosthetics and just kind of like really like talking of like big erectioned like deliberation.
2: Alright. But yeah, so so Tim Curry's Dark Lord, and I think that's what they actually refer to him as in the film as Dark Lord. Yeah. Uh he wants to steal a unicorn's horn. Because to possess a unicorn's horn is like literally the utmost power in this fairy tale universe, sure. and with the unicorn's horn, he can cast the world into darkness.
1: And Mia right. Farrow gets super gothy. It's really awesome. Oh, it's so
2: hot when enough. she's dancing with her own shadow. Stone. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing is no. selling. Point. So I used to. You'll love this since you've seen Legend. I used to own my 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 mom. Uh, uh, I guess it's like pre-pirating days, so like mm-hmm. this is how you would do it. You would rent a movie from a place, and then you would have another VCR, and you would yeah, fucking like rip a copy it. of yeah. it, right? So back to back on one VHS tape, I had *Labyrinth* and *Legend*, and uh, that I used would to just perfect. Double I here. used to just fucking do the double back, you know, all the time, just *Legend*, *Labyrinth*, so *Legend*, *Labyrinth*, Labyrinth
1: yeah. *Legend*. <laughs> I think that says it all. Yeah. Okay, um. All right. So that's about *Legend* for now. Um. Let's go into this, Ryan. Your first time seeing it, this is more your wheelhouse than mine. What were your feelings regarding The Burning?
0: I liked it. It's been a long time since I've been able to, like, dive back into, like, a uh, an 80s slasher flick that is, like, new to me. Uh, so, it was, I liked it a lot. I really did. This is something I want to revisit again um, because I watched it this morning. And I, this is one of those movies I kind of want to watch on, like... A dark, rainy day, and I think it will have like that much better atmospheric effect. Uh, Like I totally join you on that. Like I said, I think it does share more like DNA-wise with Sleepaway Camp, with building up characters you give a shit about.
1: I think Sleepaway Camp and this both feature good character writing, and that's all I ever need. I would do a double feature with those two. Yeah.
0: Like if I was going to write over a VHS tape, I would do those two together. That'd be a fucking awesome screening to host somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it it doesn't how do I say this? Because it was in production before Friday the thirteenth, it doesn't suffer from the like people might have been calling it out for being a rip-off or a copy, but it doesn't feel like that to me. Like at all. It's just a really well made slasher flick. It feels like a coincidence. It's it's has all the makings of a cult film, but it just I don't know why it struggled to find an audience. It's really cool. Yeah,
2: it's it's well
0: written. You know, it's not, and, and and like you, like you were saying, like
2: what, like what some of those other, other slasher films from the 80s have suffered from, they, you know, it's funny that they call the burning plagiaristic because it is, it has a good script. Those, those other movies, especially like the Friday the 13th sequels and some of the other, you know, camp slashers that came out, they, like I had said, they follow this basic formula. They, they're, they're more carbon copies of Friday the 13th than, than the burning is like.
0: well the the interesting thing with the burning is it kind of like it subverts a trope before it became a drope of having the final like male and then like todd is the one who instigated all this pain upon cropsy to begin with and we're supposed to root for todd at the end of the film when he's getting his comeuppance and that to me was like how do you draw the parallel between like pamela Voorhees, like she's getting revenge for her son but like it's not like she's getting revenge on the people who actually pushed her in. She's just psychotic, and I can get behind psychotic. Yeah, Cropsey was looking for revenge. and He deserved his revenge. Apparently, oh, it
1: he... An, apparently, he was an asshole. But
0: but again, that's like that's being that. an asshole, like and, then, and like fucking with a couple. A guy, yeah, turning like turning
1: his face into like a nut sack.
0: Well, they said they just like like Cropsy would like the bird like version. Look like yeah, a like testicle. Like yeah. sack.
2: Yeah, you know I it's like funny the, when that. when that that the the first scene where he appears in the window mm-hmm. uh, uh, to um.
1: I love the peeks at him until the reveal. The reveal's great.
2: Yeah, but the first time he appears, I, I literally like made a joke. I was like, "You smell like fizzed So it's <laughs> funny that you funny that you made a sloth reference. Yeah, no, he's just, um,
1: just melted sloth even further.
2: You know the whole the whole like uh, 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 Todd was one of the you know was, was the person who set the love that the open. flaming the flaming head in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, good writing, you know, uh, uh, just the right amount of foreshadowing, you know, for you to be able to, you know, kind of figure it out yourself, like just enough information for you to figure it out yourself. He even says the Glazer, which we gotta, we gotta make that a whole topic of gotta, conversation, the Glazer. character named Glazer. But anyway, uh, Glazer, Glazer is like your, your, your bully character out of like, you know, your, your campers. He's, yeah. he's the big kid. He's the bully. He's a Revenge of the Nerds character. You know? Yeah. Um. Todd Todd is now uh, uh uh the counselor and he even says when he talks to Glazer you know
0: I got kicked out of here five years ago. I got
2: kicked out of here five years ago like I used to be like you like blah blah mm-hmm. blah you know so it, it's it's interesting like you know we say like yeah Cropsy deserved his revenge and like Todd's got to step in and be the hero now uh 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 which, which is filled with so many ironies, but at the same time, like it is a neat, it is an interesting commentary about growing up, mm-hmm. like using the cat, the, the camp setting and like the, the incident of <laughs> the extreme incident of burning somebody, you know, yeah. uh, severely. Um, we, we do dumb shit when we're kids,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you yeah. know, there is like some weird little lesson in this, like in a way, in a way, just because of how, 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 how it's delivered, I mean, I suppose you can call Friday the Thirteenth a cautionary tale, like don't have sex and do drugs because, uh, uh some woman's mongoloid kid'll drown. Yeah, um, I a yeah job, you I know, have it, it, it sounds a little cra- a little crazier, but like you know, I I get I get more of a cautionary tale vibe from the burning because you know. Yeah, like, boys really? will be boys. We do do dumb shit. Yeah. Todd has learned a lesson. Uh, uh, and Todd
1: is regretful about what Yeah, happened.
2: now Todd... Todd, you know, it is... There is, like, something cathartic about it because Todd has to face the demon that he created.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, again, it comes back to that just better writing. Yep.
1: It's
2: you know? Nobody, story-tell. nobody at the camp in Friday the 13th, like, nobody there in the first movie is res- is responsible for Jason drowning. Like, totally nobody. That yeah. happened so long ago. Like, they're literally paying paying for, like, you know... Uh, 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 you know metaphorically speaking the sins of their fathers even though yeah, they're not related to not any of all. the people yeah, they're that a were a full
0: generation you behind.
1: know I feel like Mrs. Voorhees could have done some more research so so
0: much yeah. more much
2: more full full circle with the burning like Todd is literally has to face his own demon yeah. come the end of the movie like he did this he's responsible I, I do
1: wish there was a little more like cohesiveness with the title that I thought he was going to do like fire killings but just like the burning, and only, the burning only comes into play at the beginning and the very end. I'm like, if this had been called the scissor man, I would have been like, oh, cool. Clock the, tower. the
2: pruning. The pruning. <laughs> the pruning. See, I would
1: have loved the pruning. Then it could
2: have been about an old man pooping on
0: people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or the shearing. It's about like, the you know, shearing. like sheep. It'd be, it'd be great.
0: All right, so final thoughts on this uh, this little feature we watched?
1: Um, Jay, do you want to start on final thoughts on this movie we just watched on *The Burning*? 1981. Actually, you, you know what?
0: We I think we got our thoughts in place. Let's let's do the test because I think that'll oh, well, be let's a administer better the administer Much the better test. Administer the test. All right. So we have uh, two tests for movies and the show that we like. One that we call the the bar test. So I'll administer test one. You can administer test two. Of course. Okay. So you walk into a bar. It's a nice summer day, say mid July, and this movie is playing. On the TV behind the bar. What are you drinking? What are you thinking about this movie playing on the bar? How do you feel about it?
2: Oh my God, I'm into it. Like, I don't, I don't, uh. What's a
0: perfect drink to pair with this?
2: Some, like, Leinenkugel, Summer Shanty. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, just like, like, not, none of the flavored kind, like the legit, like, lemon, lemon summer shanty, you know, something, something summery. It's got, it's the, the whole movie. It's got, it's got that warm summer camp feel, man. Like, you know, you, you kind of want to be on the lake, Yeah. you know, and floating and I can't think of anything else to drink on the lake other than a summer shanty. So, you know, I like it. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that, uh, I don't, uh, typically walk into a bar, uh, uh, to do anything other than, other than, you know, drink and socialize and chat. I, I think I think if I caught that on the screen, I would be way more into the fucking movie than I would be into the <laughs> environment. Yeah. I actually would literally just find a corner of a fucking stool I'd where nobody was going to bother me. Movie. Yeah, I actually had one one other instance that I can recall in my very, very close to 37 years of uh, of, of being around where I, I, I walked into a crowded bar uh, uh, and and was seeing something. This is going to be shocking to to, to film buffs. Uh, seeing something for the first time, it was not, I, I want to say not too long ago, but it, I guess it was pretty long ago, at least 10 years ago. But given given my uh, uh, surrounding and background with film, it's, it's, it's shocking that this is the first time I'm seeing this, especially since it's kind of got like a sort of local flavor, I guess. Uh, it was New Year's Eve, and we were bar hopping, we were trying to find a place to be, and I forget the name of the joint. Uh, that we went into, but we went in. It was New Year's. It was packed. It was shoulder to shoulder. They had like, they had a big screen drop, like a silk screen dropped. You know, obviously to watch the ball drop later. But they just had some channel on, like deep, deep television, like some random ass channel on, and they were playing The Last Dragon.
1: Oh, Barry Gordy.
2: Yeah. Uh. Uh. uh and and uh, uh, I saw show this. Show enough. Yeah. Show enough. Bruce Love Leroy. Show uh, uh, T-Mock. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, That's I saw, movie. I saw this, uh, 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 this Bruce Lee parody on the screen with glowing fists, you know, much more like a Kenner Ryu meets Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and then this dude step out and say, when I say, who's your master? You say show
1: enough. And I'm like, what the fuck is this amazing <laughs>
2: thing that I'm watching right now? It's a and chorus. everybody's like, yo, this bar's beat. Let's go. And I'm like, I want
1: to watch the no, movie. I want to
2: watch on, the dude. movie. You know, it was fucking New Year's Eve and I was ready to sit down in the bar and watch Last Dragon. I feel like if I never saw the burning and I walk in and it was playing, I, I kind of feel like I, I, I'd end up in the same situation, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Ryan, for you, you walk into that bar. It's a beautiful day. Your wife's like, do whatever you want. What are you drinking? What are you saying to the bartender? And how are you feeling?
0: If I'm gonna go for the same month that we're doing this, like I'm, I'm walking to that bar, I'm ordering my like icy cold Corona, little lime pop in, yeah. do that little thumb thing, flip it over. I look at the bar, see that this is playing on the TV, and I'm gonna shake the bartender's hand and I wanna see what his <laughs> collection is that he has behind that bar. Ooh, and like we're gonna have a deep conversation about taste in 80s horror films. So I'm staying at this bar for the entirety of this movie. Uh, you. for me,
1: I'm just gonna go in there. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna order the cheapest can of beer they have. I, I feel like a movie like this, like you need to drink like a teenager. You're drinking like a natty ice, like a can. Okay. And it's fine. And I would wanna start like a long dialogue of the bartender, like so are you like an 80s slasher guy? Like, tell me everything, because I want to hear about it. It's not my genre. It's never been my genre, but then I've always had a fascination with it, especially if you can articulately defend it like you can, Jay. I, I, I only ever want to hear it. And test number two, it is titled The Katie Catests after friend of the show, Katie Kometz. Katie is 20 years old. She is a student at Villanova, and she wants to be a filmmaker and is watching movies. So the test is: Would you recommend this movie to a young, burgeoning filmmaker slash cinephile? And what would be your next um, next suggestion after this one, Jay? Go.
2: Ooh, I wasn't ready for this. This is this is interesting. Coming at you. Uh, yes, I would. I would recommend this movie to to Katie from Villanova. Um, Hi,
1: Katie.
2: Katie. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I think I think you know, not, not necessarily, uh, uh, uh you know, th- this is, this is something more, uh, uh, for, for the genre fans and for, for the, the, the cult movieist. Um, but I think as a filmmaker, I think you, you should just open your fucking horizons up period and should, you know, see as much of it as you are able to, you know what I mean? Um, uh, from a writing standpoint, uh, as far as breaking the genres concerned, this has been mentioned several times tonight. I think, from a screenwriting standpoint, like there's definitely something to be taken away from the burning, um, uh, practical effects. You know, not not enough of that today. Uh, uh, as we talked about how you know you get you get like the 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 really unique uh, vignette uh, POV effect with the Vaseline on the lens, and you know, there's definitely something to be taken away as far as. Dog drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's definitely something to be taken away uh, from practical effects and writing, and uh, um, you know, uh, uh, not not a you know th- th- it's not a it's not a cinematic movie. It's it's you know very much a a, a product of the '80s. So it's not you know, but yeah, watch it watch it, watch everything, watch all the fucking movies, you know, every, every damn one of them, um, watch, so watch out, so let's just say, all right, so this whole, you know, what, what should Katie watch next, right, you know, uh, I, I think I would have to have a conversation with Katie and be like, you know, so, so Katie, I think you should watch this movie because, you know, it stands out as far as the slasher subgenre is concerned, Uh, you know, depending on what kind of film Katie wants to make. You know, but let's just say Katie's interested in the burning, you know, maybe she wants to, you know, watch something else like it, you know, Um, uh, uh, so, you know, rather than suggest to her the, the, the basic slashers, you know, I might go tell her to watch some giallo. You know, go oh, nice. go watch some some old Argento mm-hmm. slashers. You know, something. Uh, How'd
1: you feel about the Suspiria trailer?
2: I think fucking Suspiria looks amazing.
1: I'm real, dude. I like. I really, really liked Call Me by Your Name as a visual film. I on on the whole, I thought it was pretty great, but I don't. I, I wasn't in love with it. But that dude, if all of his attention to lighting, atmosphere. If there was one random director who could like follow up on Argento's. Like care and attention to lighting and colors. That 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 was just it. it. Like
2: like everything hinged on the trailer, fucking taking me back in time and making me feel like I'm watching a trailer for an actual 70s giallo film. Mm -hmm. And I got that from the trailer. Like I was giddy after I watched it. I was like, "This is great. I want to go back and watch the whole Argento catalog." Yeah. Like this got me hyped. Like all the synth and shit. Like Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I just want to bust out some fucking LPs and fucking. Listen to a bunch of old fucking, you know, uh, Italian horror movie scores and shit like that. Those but uh, lights are and, beautiful. And as far as as far as like you know, uh, uh, off off recording here, we were talking about how you know back in the uh, '70s and '80s, it wasn't about it wasn't selling a movie with face, it was selling a movie with product. You know, you you went and watched a horror movie just because you wanted to see people get cut up and you wanted to see tits, uh-huh. uh, uh, and I still wanna see. All I always of this. do. No, I'm sure all naturally. of us do, uh, uh, but you know your 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 fit your your face actors your A-list actors your your known actors they, you know they they weren't necessarily up to the job, uh, 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 so they they went to TV which which wasn't like it was today and they went to like you know they went to so they pulled from you know the sea the sea cast of soap operas and shit like that and lesser known and they delivered a more raw performance and it was a little more believable. And now, Hollywood or, or studio films, they, they try to sell horror movies with a face. As far as the Speary remake's concerned, I like all the faces that are in it. Yeah, I think, Dakota I think Johnson is a great film. They're appropriate, J- I mean, we already know that she's got, you know, enough edge from doing the Fifty Shades movies. What's her name? Uh, Jessica... Uh, uh. Chloe Grace Moretz, you know, she's, she's done enough modern horror that's not completely hateable and, like, weird shit like Kick-Ass I like shit Chloe like that. Moretz. I think she's a fantastic actress. Um, and, uh, uh, and Tilda Swinton, you can never go wrong with Tilda. Jessica Harper. Jessica uh, Harper. Yeah. yeah. Phantom
1: of the Paradise is Jessica Harper. Ah,
2: right? Phantom of the Paradise. Most beautiful and, eyebrows in the world. And she was, we're gonna, we're gonna, oh, she's, she was gorgeous. God, she was um,
1: unbelievably gorgeous. Her and, like, she uh, was and also Isabella Johnny, like the 80s, like most beautiful, like, brunettes. In one other horror
2: film that I saw called The Evictors. You know hmm. about The Evictors? Well, you know, uh, uh, the dearly departed Michael Park? Yes, of yes. course. Okay. Uh, so Michael Park and Jessica Harper did this movie called The Evictors, and it was about their newlywed couple, like, that's how young, because I feel like Michael Park's been old on screen, like, forever.
1: Yeah, since, like, from dust till dawn, he's been injured.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh...
0: He's been old for 20 years.
1: Yeah. His
2: perfect line of dialogue for it's a hot goddamn shit-ass day. For me, es- <laughs> Esteban Bahejo is my yeah. favorite
1: performance of his. Which, you know, kind of going beers. full
2: circle in this conversation talking about Dakota Johnson, her dad plays Michael Park's role in the From Dustled On TV show. Oh, word? Oh. Yeah, Don, Don, Johnson's Don, Don Johnson? Don in... Johnson plays... I've never gotten around oh, to seeing funny. it. The and, show like, is phenomenal. Isaac um, Gonzalez is just unbelievably I mean, unbelievably Rodriguez fucking basically gorgeous. writes and, 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 you know, directs every other episode of it. Uh, and then the first season is like a long version of the movie. Mm-hmm. But they're showing you all this stuff that very well could have been happening behind the scenes.
1: At the old Titty Twister?
2: Yeah. Like, you know, and then, like, once they reach the destination they got to in the first movie, they, like, move on from there. And, like, only a few things happen differently. Like, Seth Gecko continues living. Or, no, Richie. Richie Gecko. Richie like Gecko. Yeah. Right. Richie, Richie Gecko's character continues living. Um and it, it opens up this whole like new thing and like the the second and third season which are original material from there on out aside mm-hmm. from the new shit they introduced, like it works fucking famously like I I three seasons and it re- and it reaches a definitive ending and like nice at no point oh it in ended time, I didn't realize yeah it, it it has its ending and it doesn't ever slow down it's entertaining the whole entire time it's it's uh uh it feels like from Dust to Dawn like it feels it feels like Quentin Tarantino was there.
0: Nice. You know, um,
2: mm-hmm. they even uh, 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 do redo Quentin Tarantino's line from Planet Terror where he is so lovingly credited as the rapist number one. <laughs> um, where his, uh, and the recasting is great too, like the people who play Clooney and Tarantino. I've always like, wanted
1: to find out who that was. You buy i only ever focused on right. Isaac Gonzalez they're, as they're, Satanico
2: They're They're like, they're well off in the totem pole where you get again like the, we're talking about this whole faces versus not faces thing um you get the desired effect mm-hmm. you know um uh i remember dj corona plays uh george clooney's character he was from i think they said he was from the television uh uh, uh adaptation of Friday Night lights mm. and um the dude who plays richie had like a very small part in perks of being a wallflower but oh. they're phenomenal and remember how in original from dusk till dawn uh harvey Keitel and juliet lewis and they, there was a little brother who was asian yeah right and there's the, the very Tarantino dialog where like uh uh well that's funny you don't you don't look chinese and he's like neither does he <laughs> he's japanese you know and he's like well excuse me to fucking hell, right so they do this thing where, like, the new Richie character or the new the new incarnation of Richie, set, uh, set, pulls the gun out and goes, "Do you know what this is?" And it's like that scene where he's like, "Do you know? Do you know? Do you know how this works?" Pull the trigger, and then a bullet comes out here and hits you right there, you know. So he redoes that scene, but then he adds the dialogue from Planetary. He Goes, "You know, you look like Bruce Lee." <laughs> he's like why because i'm asian he's like no because you look like bruce lee <laughs> like nothing feels more tarantino than that kind of dialogue Word. and uh and then later he does the gun thing and he goes do you know what happens if i pull this he's like yeah Pull it comes out and he goes yeah and hit you right there and you don't look like bruce lee anymore that's good right but um i gotta get on it but yeah from Dust till dawn highly recommended and f- uh, uh something else we were talking about off uh off recording uh, Fide Alvarez directs a couple episodes of the show. Nice. And uh, Vincenzo Nantali, who did Splice. Nothing familiar. And Cube, horror movie called Cube.
1: I know, of, I know of Cube. Uh,
2: Spa- Spanish horror filmmaker. He makes some pretty good shit. Uh, he does a couple episodes. Um, there's a couple a couple names pop up that you'll recognize as far as like directors are concerned. It's 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 definitely definitely a good show. But yeah, so Suspiria Suspiria remake. Do we get on the street? we do
1: this. oh I'm, uh <laughs> we're, we're finishing the katie contests yes line, so you would recommend you yes. see it and you yes. see everything
2: see everything katie yes go watch giallo dun and dun. Go, go backwards go start go start where the slasher film really started if you if you if you enjoyed the burning go go watch giallo because i think uh i think giallo was you know essentially the first you know, they they call Psycho the first slasher. No, mm-hmm. I think Giallo did it first. I
1: think that's the next logical step. Yeah. Ryan, for you. Katie gets tests. So, uh, what do you, rec- do you recommend she sees it, and what do you recommend is next?
0: I actually, yeah, I, I do recommend uh, she watch this, and the, the movie I want her to watch next is going to be, uh, I, I want to have this kind of, like, behind-the-scenes thematic link of uh, where everyone was accusing this of being a ripoff of Friday the 13th. I wanted to watch Critters next because everyone Ooh. accused Critters of being a ripoff of uh, Gremlins. But in fact, both these movies were in pre-production before the like other ones and came out. And that's
2: so... Like, that, that is like the most... I, I actually never knew that, the, the, the people accuse, there, there that people accused... Because my brain doesn't go there like... because those movies, aside from having small creatures,
0: mm-hmm.
2: have no other similarities whatsoever. <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> yeah. ever. Yep. The gremlins are not from space, they're not inherently, inherently violent, they're a little, you know, they have a little more fun doing yeah. it.
0: Uh, uh, uh I mean, what, there's two deaths in Gremlins, the science teacher and uh, Mrs. Deacons Mrs. Deagle. Deagle, close. Deagle,
1: Deagle, 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 Deagle.
0: <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are the two. I would, re- I- definitely recommend you check it out because it is a uh, an excellent representation of the 1980s slasher flick. So check that out. Follow it up with Critters. You won't be disappointed. It's a good double feature.
1: Um, I agree. I would tell her to see this. I think as like as encouraging someone to dig deeper to finding, especially if like you're young cinephiles. Like, Whoa, well, I don't really like horror films, and I've seen Friday the Thirteenth. Like, well, there are excellent ones. This is a good one to just like start building some cred. Just watch this one and follow this up. Like, depending on your taste, either go to Sleepaway Camp if you want to see another excellently well-written slasher, which happens to be really wonderful character work with that, that ending that still haunts me. I knew the ending. People yeah, make jokes about good. the ending, and the ending still hits me really hard, and especially that guy going, like, Oh, my God, how can this be? <laughs> love it. Or I'd say if they haven't <laughs> gotten around to it yet, get on Evil Dead. Like like if you want to enjoy what someone can do with horror, you know, like I, I think what I like the most about *The Burning* is that it's a horror film that's still fun and you enjoy it. It's not sadistic for being sadistic. That you see Savini's joy of a well done skin effect of a blade mm-hmm. entering skin near someone's head and seeing that jet of blood. It's wonderfully well
0: made. Seeing a master Get work his craft and work it well. Exactly, because we're you know, running... you know the
1: first.
2: The first uh uh, uh actual like on screen full murder effect we see aside from the scissor and the gut to the hooker is when Fisher gets his fucking fingers chopped off. I by love the, that effect. Yeah. Yeah. It was so chairs. good. And I mean, y- you figure this is a time without CGI, and that 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 hand was, and and, and it's only a year after Friday the Thirteenth, but you could already see how much further Savini has come mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as far as like. You know, single, single cut. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, effects. Yeah, you know? The... I
0: love the way the shot lingers on the blood going down <clears throat> the hand too. Yeah, like, that's like really super sexy. Because I'm I mean, sure, I'm way. sure you know
2: uh, 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 if you didn't know before, but from watching Crystal Lake Memories, which, which we were talking about off recording, um, the first Friday Thirteenth is the first time a beheading ever happened on screen in a single take.
0: Awesome. Oh yeah.
2: When when uh when Pamela Voorhees gets her head lopped off by the machete, um uh most I guess up until that point most beheadings on screen happened in at least two cuts, where like you know you see the blade come in maybe maybe make a uh, contact, but then you see the head roll just roll on yep. the ground. It Friday the Thirteenth Part One's the first time in movie history that a beheading happened in one take. And just and it was
1: glorious times. Toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: balsa wood
1: that's amazing all right guys we're running long so we're gonna wrap it up uh let's do some plugging really quickly before we head on out jay do some plugging for us uh
2: all right so uh the most recent thing i did as a uh filmmaker is um uh a something called capture the foul uh uh this is what mean by my plugging right yeah, yes. he- yeah okay Cool. Tell people to find you. Yeah, okay. So uh, look me up on YouTube, Maximum Overdoor Films. Um, you can see uh, all the short films I've done so far. Uh, uh, the most recent one I did was a follow-up to a film I did last year. Uh, it's called Capture the Foul. They're now going to be an ongoing short film series. Uh, they were originally made as a uh, submission films for a friend of mine who is a social engineer and competes in DEFCON. Uh, so we came up with, uh, we made him like the central character of his own, uh, James Bond style adventures where like his special kill set, skill set involves social engineering. So, you know, he's, uh, th- that, which is social engineering for the layman is, uh, basically the fancy word for hacker. Um, and, uh, uh, it follows the exploits of him and a rubber chicken named Sven. Uh, uh, I'm not going to give you any more information. I'm going to let your imagination run wild, but, uh. There's uh, two currently in the film series. Capture the Foul. I just uh, uh, put the most recent one up. Uh, it's uh, called Capture the Foul. What happens? What happened in Vegas? Nice. Uh, uh, the we didn't know we were doing an ongoing series, so I posted the first episode as a pilot. So you know you might want to watch that one before you watch this one. Uh, but uh, they were a lot of fun to do for you know the the simple thing that they were for. We kind of Probably went a little overboard for them, but that's what we do. We have fun doing it. All the better. Nobody ever said we were good at it, but, you know, we enjoy it, you know, so maybe you'll enjoy it, too. That's, you know, all, all anybody can ask. Be entertained. It's a famous topic of conversation. Just be entertained. I agree. Um,
0: but other than that,
2: I got nothing. Just working <laughs> on my fucking house,
1: you know? Nice. Ryan.
0: Uh, You can find me every Friday and Saturday night at the bookstore Speakeasy, Slingin' Gin and Dorsen Sin. Come on in, order a drink, we'll talk movies. Uh, You can follow me online at TangoLikeCash. That's on Instagram. Pictures of cocktails, my cat, and random goofabouts. Also follow my food truck on Instagram. At Brogy's Food Truck LLC, uh, opening in about a month for Music Fest in beautiful downtown historic Bethlehem, will be front uh, in front of the OBT, the Old Brewery Tavern. Uh, all uh, Dutch, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch-based food, focusing on pierogies. So. I your pierogies
1: are out I don't like pierogies and your pierogies are out fucking standing.
0: Yeah, come up to the stand and say sex and violence and get a free pierogi. Nice, deal. Yeah. That's don't a fucking Jay, that. that's a fucking plug right? That's a, that's a plug <laughs> of my give one. you a
2: bag. Like, no worries. <laughs>
1: They're amazing. Um, all right, My folks. shadow is
2: fat. Don't tell me you're gonna give me free food. <laughs> I know you look at me and you don't think fat, but it's it's. it's well, you're talking about
0: ice cream. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's all muscle. All right, gang. You can follow me on the Instagram at BabyMara5A's and also this show at Sex and Violence Pod. But please also check out the other top-gallant Radio show. It is uh, Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast, where Daniel Gonzalez and I discuss literature and literally nothing else ever only ever books so follow them on Instagram at slow readers download slow readers the podcast give this show five stars give a show that five stars we're all about it and we'd love to hear from you write into us at sex and violence pod at gmail.com next week Ryan we are starting either our food um, our food uh, marathon or we are doing a crossover of slow readers yep. we may be doing Gerald's Game Netflix original film and also we'll be having you read The Outsider on slow readers Yeah, I, mean, you um, I, know, a you're, yeah, I know you're King guy. I, I
2: watched the film. I, I I found the book at Second and Charles. I haven't read it yet. Oh, I did outsider. Watch, I did watch the film. No, uh, oh, Gerald's, uh, game. Gerald's game. Yeah, dude, um, yeah,
1: Ryan, Ryan. I enjoyed was, the film. Ryan has noted that he would follow Carla Gagino into a fire.
2: I've always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, son-in-law, man. Yeah. 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 Son-in-law. That's right.
1: <laughs> that's
2: Since that's son-in-law. The one. That's right. All right. And then, and then she just. I mean, she was always attractive, but then like age was so kind to her. Yeah,
1: she looks so good. And
2: then when I saw her in Sin City, I'm like...
1: Still amazing. Sin City, wild. Utterly Mm. perfect. Uh, Electra Lux. mm. All right, Jay, thank you for being on our show, man. We love having you. You're very welcome. We love having you. I think we're going to have to You must come back. We're going to do so much more. And do a complete free form with this guy. Yeah, we're just going to go nuts. There's so
0: many wells to tap with you.
1: Also, check out the new YouTube show we're doing. Come check out my shit. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> what was it called? Check out my shit.
0: Yeah, check out my shit. We're check out, out my
2: shit. Yeah, that's got to be the that's to be the new show. show. off our collection. Yeah,
1: I think I, I, that would be really easy to do too. Um, my
2: dog is currently digging a hole in the couch. Your dog's awesome. Yeah.
1: Way to end. Ryan and I have a movie to catch. We will see you guys next week. Fairly well. See ya. Peace. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasting content, go to topcountradio.com.